Hi again, welcome back. I'm Jessie D, a master's student in ecology and evolution, and an open world RPG gamer. Welcome to another episode of Gamer's Guide to Ecology, where I play popular open world RPGs from an ecological perspective. On today's episode of Gamer's Guide to Ecology, we'll explore unique adaptations of alien life forms in Subnautica and the types of natural selection that may have led to those adaptations. You can follow along with my playthroughs on twitch.tv slash justjessyd on Thursday and Friday nights from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Your PDA device in Subnautica has a compendium that you can complete by scanning life forms on planet 4546b. There's a large variety of life depicted on the planet, with about 50 types of both plants and animals. Most fish are edible, but only a few plants are. The biodiversity of the planet is spread across many different biomes that range in depth from above the surface of the water to over 2,000 meters below the surface. Some of the agricultural plants on land were cultivated by previous crash survivors as food sources. In Subnautica, you can scan pieces of infrastructure or technology from the crash to gain their blueprints and learn how to build them. When you scan the grow beds you find in old habitat structures, you gain the ability to cultivate plants. You can grow marine plants in underwater beds or land plants indoors or above water. Plants are a reliable and renewable source of sustenance and fresh water. Organisms are uniquely suited to their environments, and the plants and animals in Subnautica are no exception. For instance, life in a saltwater environment demands that organisms be able to filter out the salt from the water surrounding them to maintain adequate levels of fresh water in their cells. Bladderfish have a partition body that they may use to store their filtered water, which is what you harvest when you process them into fresh water. Another fish, the peeper, has a large yellow eye on either side of its head that makes up a substantial portion of its body. These large eyes may have evolved from strong selective pressure from predation, where the peepers with bigger eyes were better able to see predators and avoid being eaten. This is an example of directional selection. Recall that selection is the combination of forces that result in differential survival and reproduction between individuals. Another example of selection is seen in a species similar to the peeper, the cave-dwelling oculus fish. They live in dark caves illuminated by pink light from bioluminescent mushrooms. They have two large pink bioluminescent eyes, which could aid their vision in dark water. They likely came about when the common ancestor to the peeper and the oculus underwent disruptive selection when they colonized the cave habitat. Lastly, I wanted to chat about the behavior of the apex predators in Subnautica, the reaper and ghost leviathans. These leviathans patrol and hold their territories through aggressive behaviors by attacking anything that is unlucky enough to wander by. The chilly screams and screeches that they make are often the only warning that you're in their backyard. They're solitary animals, and it's unclear if the males are the ones that hold territory in an attempt to entice females, since no courtship or social behaviors are observed in these species in the game. Aggression and territory holding are male mating strategies in response to competition for mates with other males. In some real-life fish, alternative mating strategies exist where some males use sneaky tactics to mate with females by lurking nearby territories, or even disguising themselves as females. When an organism pretends to be something that it's not, ecologists and biologists call that mimicry. A common example of mimicry is when a non-venomous or non-poisonous animal has similar coloration to a venomous or poisonous one, for instance with the king snake and the coral snake, or the viceroy and monarch butterflies.
One interesting thing Subnautica does is if a territorial male is killed, the biodiversity in the territory changes as other species begin to move in again. Sometimes other dangerous species take over. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not share it with friends? Find me on Twitter at J and send me any feedback or questions that you have about the show or games that I'm playing. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to support the podcast, please hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening and download new episodes as they come out. And please follow my Twitch channel as well. Come say hi in the chat during streams at twitch.tv slash justjessyd to help me hit affiliate. Your support means that I can buy more open world and RPG games and keep making episodes about in-game ecology. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to catch you next time. Podcast art is by Lara LeBlanc. Theme music is called Rain Song by Brett Eagleston, and you can hear more of his music at bretteagleston.bandcamp.com.